0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Sharp Lessons Stadium Sports Betting Podcast. we got professor, Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. Nate... We're down to once a week for the shows, but Super Bowl coming up next Sunday. How excited are you?
0: Yeah. um, Hmm. Honestly, I'm not very excited. excited. I'm not very excited about the game. I'm excited to be talking football with you, Ben. I'm excited about looking at prop bets because the Super Bowl, although it isn't my favorite sporting bet because it's just one game and not many games going on simultaneously, there's still a lot of betting opportunities, so that may will make a game interesting. But frankly, I was really hoping for Chiefs and 49ers, even just one of them. And if it was the Bills in the AFC, representing the AFC and not the Bengals, that would have been cool too. But I just kind of feel that as NFL fans, we're kind of robbed not getting to see the Bills or the Chiefs as the AFC representative. And as good as Joe Burrow is, the Bengals are probably a a above average team in the afc but it just doesn't feel right that they're playing for the super bowl and i don't want to you know make enemies from the people in cincinnati they're a suffering fan base that certainly deserve this but from a selfish standpoint i would have preferred uh maybe a little bit of different matchup i don't mind the nfc opponent but just the realization on sunday night that the Bengals were gonna be playing in the super bowl after i've kind of bad-mouthed them and faded them all year was kind of a, a slap in the face. I, I is one way to say it.
1: <laughs> they were giving you the big middle finger over to Nate Jacobson by winning that game, yeah, weren't they? And
0: and I like Burrow a lot. I remember uh, the year he won this Heisman Trophy, betting on him to win the Heisman at like fourteen to one after their Week Two win against Texas. So he's been good to me when it comes to betting. And that LSU team was fantastic that he was on, and it was so much yeah. fun to watch and follow them because they had such an amazing season, and it was a kind of a new team just in terms of the college football playoff. But the fact that he took Ed Orgeron to a national title, and then Zach Taylor, I just think speaks volumes of how good uh, Joe Burrow is as a quarterback, because after he left, the LSU program fell off a cliff. Orgeron is out of the job. And Zach Taylor, going into the year, I believe his regular season record was 625-1 and now he's in the Super Bowl and he was certainly going to get fired if they didn't make the playoffs this year they kind of played to their expectations of six and a half wins was their season win total so it's really hard to wrap my mind around especially how that game played out Sunday with the Chiefs looking so good for the first 28 minutes and even like the last play of the first half and it seemed like that play totally flipped everything and it's one of those things that we'll look back in 10 years and kind of forget maybe how the Bengals got to the Super Bowl but the Chiefs Not scoring a touchdown at the end of the first half to go up 28-10 to with the ball to start the second half really was the pivotal point of this NFL season, it seems like.
1: It's a team of destiny, man. I've been telling you for the last couple weeks, it felt like Joe Burrow's destiny this year was to reach the Super Bowl. I don't know if it's to win the Super Bowl, but it seemed like he was just playing well enough. The team was getting lucky enough that it was kind of just like they were on the track to the Super Bowl. And they're going to play a tough Rams team and i think this week Nate for the podcast we're not going to be making any serious plays this week we'll we'll be doing all of our like winners and totals and even like player props that we're really going to hammer on next week's podcast, but we're just going to preview this, look at some of the other side props that we kind of like, some of the, uh, the lesser known plays that I think people may not be aware of that at least some of us like. So let's just get into the game, right? Rams are minus four and a half, forty-eight and a half 48 and a half is the total for the Super Bowl. Uh, Rams were three and a half when it opened and people really, really like that line. And I think I know a lot of people who really like the Rams in this game, which makes sense. So went up to minus four and a half. Total went high, and then it went back down low. fifty one at one point. now again, back to forty eight and a half. I, I don't know what these movements really signal to you. Uh, I know the team that usually takes the early money for the Super Bowl tends to be the winner of the games, at least in in recent history. It happened with the Buccaneers last year, for example. So I, I don't know what some of these early line movements mean to you, but it, it hasn't moved too much. luckily if if you're looking to bet someone like the Rams.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're looking to wait to and betting the Bengals, interested in betting the Bengals, I'd wait a little bit, see if maybe it gets up to five.
1: Um, yeah,
0: It did go up to four kind of right away, and then I believe it was Monday evening, got up to four and a half pretty much across the board, which I thought was kind of fascinating just because even though the game is in L.A., it's going to feel like a, a neutral crowd because Cincinnati fans will probably travel pretty decently. And then just Super Bowls in general, are very corporate business, wine and cheese crowd type of events where you don't really have a huge home field. It's nice maybe for L.A. to, to stay at home, sleep in their own bed. They're familiar with the stadium, familiar with the locker room. Uh, mm-hmm. They have some experience from the Super Bowl, Sean McVay does, from coaching a Super Bowl and several of the players. So maybe that's factored in. Um, but, yeah, I, I think just the way the Bengals won kind of on a – I wouldn't say a miracle, but how they were down against the Chiefs early, I think he has people kind of worried about them in this spot and if they can do it again. And then the total moving down makes a lot of sense for me. It opened 51, quickly got bet down, kind of settled in at 48.5 this week. And I think we have to look and one storyline we'll get a lot of talk about next week when there's media stuff and just more focus on this game is the familiarity between the head coach, Zach Taylor, was an offensive assistant for Sean McVay. And whenever there's familiarity between coaches, especially in a high leverage game like the playoffs, and we've seen it several times this year where old coaches who were on the same staffs went against each other. A lot of those games went under, whether it was the 49ers against the Cowboys with Shanahan and and Quinn or the 49ers against uh, the, even last week, the Rams with with, uh, McVay and Shanahan and Shanahan LaFleur with the Packers and a lot of things where if there's a connection, it usually means there's a, the teams kind of know what to expect, and the defenses end up playing a lot better and leads to low-scoring games. So I think the under makes a lot of sense, and I'm going to be kind of looking at ways to getting towards the under, maybe not the full game under at this point, because we lost some value from 51 to 48.5, but I, I totally agree with the move on the under from the open for Super Bowl 56.
1: I really wish I had jumped on that 51 while it was out there because uh, the under makes the most sense for me, kind of like what you were talking about. The familiarity, these two coaches know each other really, really well. So I I don't know how it could get above 51-52 type of game, especially with how good the Rams defense has been and how shady the, the Bengals offensive line has been. I think that a lot of those matchups are going to be really interesting to watch throughout the game simply because everyone is looking at the Rams like this is this should be an easy Rams win, right? I mean, they have Aaron Donald, Von Miller. They have all these guys who can get to Joe Burrow who struggled in the pocket against a team like the Tennessee Titans who are not a really great pass rushing team. So on paper, it almost looks like this should be an incredibly easy Rams win, which, Nate, to be honest, I look at that and I look at people (laughs) saying it should be an easy Rams win, and I go, all right, let's bet the Bengals.
0: Yeah, so, I, I mean, that's that's one way to look at it, especially getting Joe Burrow. And, and I mean, I think what we learned about in, in the recent NFL is if you have the quarterback, sometimes nothing else matters. And the yeah. Bengals certainly have the quarterback. And if they didn't have a good quarterback, if they had an average quarterback and a good roster, they might not be here. So I think, yeah, if you don't want to bet against Joe Burrow, I totally understand that. I personally would, I guess, lean the Rams if I was forced to pick a side. I doubt I would be betting, though, on the Rams, uh, at least pregame in terms of the point spread. But if I kind of like the Rams and I still kind of like the over, I think one way to look at it is Bengals team total over, or sorry, Bengals team total under. And as you mentioned, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, a very formidable pass rusher against the Bengals offensive line that, in a win in the divisional round, allowed nine sacks. Of Joe Burrows, and so this could be a little bit of a different situation, especially with the Rams having a, a more ba- more explosive offense at least than the Titans did in that game. So I'm kind of looking at Bengals team total under 22 and a half, 23 I think was kind of a key number that because I, I missed out on, I'm a little bit more hesitant. But I think in general, just kind of going first half under, maybe even first quarter under if you can find like a 10. I'm not sure if that's going to be available. But I typically in Super Bowls, games start off a little bit slow. There's a feeling out process. Teams don't want to make a mistake. And one of my favorite bets, and I'll get to a little bit later in the show when I kind of, we kind of talk about the props I like, is the second half being a higher-scoring half than the first half. I don't know if that's uh, worded correctly. But basically, highest-scoring half, second half, which is a prop that's usually available. You can probably get it around minus 130. That's one way I like attacking almost every Super Bowl. And it is especially prevalent when it was Brady and the Patriots, where a lot of games had scoreless first quarters even, or just very low-scoring first halves. And then in the second half, things p- picked up after the offense has made some adjustments. And because there's familiarity there, and Sean McVay knows what kind of offense Zach Taylor's going to run, I feel like the Rams' defense is going to have a lot of success early on next Sunday.
1: I hear that, and I think, live bet, the over. When it happens in the first half, because I I think we're going to get I mean, it's the Super Bowl, it's the first Super Bowl for this Bengals team and they're a young team. You for when you put those two together, it might take them a little bit to get used to to everything going on, the the pomp and circumstance and everything and the speed of, of the Rams defense. So I do like live betting overs. Uh, especially when you really see that first quarter, second quarter in the Super Bowl where teams are playing fairly conservative because they don't want to give it up in the first half. You know, They don't want to be the team that loses the Super Bowl in the first half. So live betting the over, I think, is a really good move.
0: Yeah, I think the, the takeaway here is if you do like the over, wait a little bit and try to bet it live. And if you like the under and have that same idea as us, like it could be a higher scoring game in the second half, you can find that prop or you also can bet the under pregame and then try to live bet the over maybe around a halftime. It's a longer halftime. I think one of the be- good things about the Super Bowl is you get that 25 minute halftime show gives you plenty of time yep. to roll over new bets. So make sure to, uh, don't have too many drinks next Sunday night. Try to uh, remember that uh, <laughs> there's a money, big money making opportunity, and that you could kind of catch a good middle on the total. Uh, to See, I was gonna say, bet,
1: yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say at halftime, that's when you start taking the drinks, and then you feel good and it feel like <laughs> well, what you're gonna be betting, and then you place that good second half bet.
0: I, I think you place the bet, and then you listen to Eminem, and maybe have some drinks, <laughs> and, and hope that you don't make any bad choices the rest of the night.
1: All right, let's look at some of these uh, betting strategies that you talked about uh, that we want to talk about I mentioned before the Super Bowl, because it is the most bet game, at least here in America, usually for the entire sports season. Um, so you're going to be getting incredibly tight lines, which makes shopping around for some of these lines very important.
0: Yeah, definitely shop around. So we usually we say that kind of a rule of thumb thumb always shop around, have like three sports books or whatever to bet sides and totals. But in the Super Bowl, the sides and totals are pretty much going to be the same across the board. But where you get really big differentiation is in the props, especially sports books that put up hundreds of props. They're not all going to align together. So if you like a certain player over their total in terms of like receiving yards or under or really anything game prop related just kind of shopping for the best best prices is so prevalent especially for this event just because there's so many different props and then sometimes you have opportunities where there's such a big difference in numbers in a prop where you can bet over on one side under on the other and try to middle it or at least break even if if one side hits. So there's a lot of opportunities here, but make sure to have your accounts filled with money for the sports in the sports books they have access to and make sure to use all those outs and shop around for
1: the Super Bowl. And for props, I think this note that you put in our notes is a very important one. Make sure that you are betting the way you think the game is going to go. And I see a lot of people doing this, right? It's like, Oh, I don't think the Bengals are going to win, but I'm going to bet the over touchdowns that Joe Burrow throws two or more touchdowns, whatever it is. You're, you're kind of betting against yourself there. I mean, if Joe Burrow's throwing two or three touchdowns. The chances that they're going to win are going to go up. Yeah, and this is something
0: we've talked about for other playoff games when we kind of focus on props, but try to think how the game's going to play out if you have a strong opinion on the game. I guess since I don't have a strong opinion in terms of the side and the point spread, then I can play props that maybe don't totally impact the score, aren't correlated to the score. But if you think something really strongly, like maybe the Rams win on a blowout, get out to an early lead, that may be going under Joe Mixon rushing yards and going over T. Higgins or over Joe Burrow completions or something like that, where you're trying to predict the game state to make those bets and predicting the game script and not just kind of firing just because you have a rooting interest. There's a lot of times where if you think you know how the game's going to go, you can find correlated bets in terms of the player props or just in general game props in terms of like punts, uh, field goals. I think we're going to I have a field goal bet I like a lot that we'll get to, but Same. there's definitely some uh, some ways to go about it where you just instead of blindly betting, you can probably find an edge, especially because there's so many props offered, and because there's so many offered, the sportsbook isn't going to get every number correct.
1: Let's talk Super Bowl MVP betting because a lot of people love to bet on the MVP. It makes sense that if pick the person that you think is going to be on the team that wins it, that's probably a smart move because they very 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 rarely pick a losing teams player um but right now matt stafford is the favorite at plus 100 joe burrow plus 225 is number two so the quarterbacks one and two makes sense there might be some value on some of these wide receivers you know someone like a cooper cup jamar chase If they go off you're getting them at pretty decent odds at plus 1800 plus 600 for cooper cup
0: yeah so usually i always try to look for the quarterback and when i like a team whether it's the Rams or the Bengals or in the past, whether it was the – like last year, I liked the Chiefs in the game, so I made the case instead of laying the like, minus like 170 money line on the Chiefs, I'll just take Mahomes at plus money. Obviously, it didn't work out. But I think because quarterbacks so often win the Super Bowl MVP, especially in the modern NFL, targeting the quarterbacks is the first place you want to start. In the Rams' case with Stafford, obviously, there's a lot of narrative built about him, about him getting to this point in his first season since being traded from the Lions. So I think there's a lot kind of going in his favor. Although with the Rams, how they play defense and some opportunities where they could get some sacks of Joe Burrow, I feel like a lot of players are in play to win the Super Bowl MVP for the Rams. But on the other side, if you like the Bengals' money line, instead of taking plus 165, I would just take Joe Burrow to win Super Bowl MVP at plus 225 because it seems like there's a really hard path for the Bengals to win this game without Joe Burrow being amazing and leading the team to win. So if you like the Bengals a lot, I personally don't, so I'm not going to bet it, but if you like the Bengals and want a little bit of an extra payout, Joe Burrow to win Super Bowl MVP at plus 225 makes a lot of sense to me. And if you like the Rams, obviously Stafford's the default choice, but you also mentioned Cooper Cup, who's at 6-1. to Aaron Donald, who just got bet down 16-1, to maybe you could go with one of those guys, or you can go like a total long shot, a a secondary defensive player, uh, maybe Odell Beckham or whoever the Rams' healthy tight end is going to be just because the Bengals struggle covering the middle of the field. But I feel like if you do like the Rams, maybe not get too cute and go Stafford, or maybe a total long shot because Cup and Donald's prices just don't seem uh, fair enough or enough
1: uh, a big payout where it's worth betting on those two. Some good strategy. I really like that Cincinnati Bengals strategy because you're gonna. There's no way Joe yeah. Burrow's not the MVP if they win the game. There's no way. I mean, who right. else? Who else would it be? It's if it's Jamar Chase. If he had a good game, it's because Joe Burrow's throwing incredible exactly. balls to him.
0: Exactly, and just the path of the Bengals' win just seems like through Burrow. Like When Chase had that game where he had 266 receiving yards, Burrow also had, I think it was like 450 yards in a game against, I believe it was the Ravens. And if that scenario happened, I don't think it'll happen, but if it did happen, I think Joe Burrow would have got the nod for Super Bowl MVP, even though Jamar Chase had the record-setting receiving day. I think just the quarterback is always going to – kind of get a little bit of a bias and especially when you have a quarterback like Burrow and it's a voted on award who everyone is well aware that he's the reason the Bengals are at this point.
1: The one defensive player that I would say if you really want pretty good odds on someone who may actually have a slight chance for the Bengals would be Ch- Trey Hendrickson. Uh he was doing a pretty good job getting Patrick Mahomes last week. Yeah. Uh, he was putting up a lot of pressure, and all he needs to do at this point is get to Stafford, force a fumble, return a fumble, whatever it is. Right now he's 10000 So you could get some pretty decent value on him, throw a couple dollars on there, a little bit of sandwich money to, on Trey Hendrickson to win Super Bowl MVP, a 10000 You might as well.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't bet too much on that, but, yeah, if you want to protect yourself in some way, um, then that's one way to go. I do remember the Panthers Broncos Super Bowl betting like some money out on the kicker for the Broncos McManus because he was so yeah. good in the playoffs at like fifty to one and I think he had like four field goals that game and the Broncos had with one offensive touchdown. So if it wasn't for Von Miller's spectacular game, there was a chance a kicker could have won MVP and I would have been uh, at a very good Super Bowl because I think that Super Bowl was pretty poor for me. But uh, at McPherson, 150-1, <laughs> to one, I know I have some that. interest in betting props related to him. I yeah. don't know if I could pull the trigger, though, on a kicker to win the Super Bowl MVP because unless he kicks like six or seven, it doesn't seem very likely.
1: Hey, if it's going to be any kicker, it's going to be Money Mac. It's going to be <laughs> Money Mac. The guy has a golden boot. Might as well throw some cash on him. 150-1, to one. and he just kicks it from anywhere. He'll kick it from anywhere. This is going to be a dome. Right. He might kick it from 60-plus. <laughs>
0: Well, let's talk about one of my favorite prop bets and something I'm going to bet right after the show. I'll tweet it out and probably just have a thread of Super Bowl prop bets that yeah. I'll make in the next 10 days. But there's a prop bet, and it's uh, Bengals' longest successful field goal. It's like, which team will have the longest successful field goal? There's the Bengals. and I just saw a check before, and the odds are minus 105. And I just think about how the Bengals use McPherson, where they're not going to be afraid to kick long field goals in a dome on a perfect surface. And then you have the Rams, Matt Gay is their kicker. He missed a 54-yarder in the NFC title game, which was kind of like in a weird spot. where but too long to go for it on fourth down, too short to punt. But I feel like the Rams were going to want to try to be on the front foot, try to be a little bit more aggressive than they were against the 49ers, knowing they probably got away with uh, winning that game. And just the way the Bengals utilized McPherson, I really like that. So Bengals to have the longest successful made field goal. Right now is my favorite prop bet, and by the time you listen to this on Friday morning, it's going to be the uh, probably the only prop bet I have in my uh, accounts uh, as we talk about the Super Bowl.
1: I'm going to add on to that, because one of my favorite props that I was just looking at before the show, Bengals over one and a half field goals. Seems pretty easy for them to get two field goals in this one. Burrow can move the ball pretty well, and the, the Rams defense, they get better as you cross into their territory. and. I think this is going to be kind of that perfect storm of where you see Burrow being successful for the most part, crossing midfield, maybe getting a couple passes here and there. Defense ending up tuning it up, stopping him, McPherson kicking a field goal. I think that can happen twice. Minus 115 is the odds. It's not like you're getting too much juice on it. I think that's worth a bet.
0: Yep, I like that too. And if you can find maybe like which team will kick more field goals or which team will make more field goals or something. Uh The nice thing about the Super Bowl, as I mentioned, even though I'm not – Particularly, like if this was like regular season game, like I don't even know if I'd tune in unless it happened to be on red zone or something. But we have the Super Bowl and you have like 600 ways to bet the game. I mean, on like Tuesday afternoon, there was a wider range of options for the game. You yeah. can find at different sports books offer different props and they go deep into defense and special teams. So there's definitely a lot of ways to look through that. And I'm I'm sure next week we'll finalize some of those bets, but I know those are two that that we like. In terms of uh, the game, our receivers, our player props, a few of that catch my eye, and this is something I think we'll get more – uh, become more widely available next week is the Rams, uh, tight end situation. I mentioned the Bengals struggle covering opponent tight ends. Mark Andrews, George Kittle had huge games in the regular season against them. Travis Kelsey was very good last week. So the Bengals can be had in the middle of the field. The Rams lost, uh, Tyler Higby last week to, uh, I believe it was an MCL sprain. So he's very questionable to play in this game. I may, I can see maybe they'll, They'll dress him, but I don't know how effective he's going to be just because it's the Super Bowl. I think he'll try to maybe try to play. But Kendall Blanton is the backup for the Rams, who I'm a Mizzou alum, and I didn't know he went to Mizzou until like two (laughs) weeks ago or three weeks ago when he scored a touchdown uh, against the Buccaneers. He was the first to score against the Buccaneers at like 100 to 1. If he's the starting tight end, I'll be looking to go over his receiving yards and maybe even sprinkle some money on the first touchdown of the game, Kendall Blanton, just because I feel like tight ends in the red zone. and He seems like more of a a pass catcher guy instead of a blocking tight end. So I'm interested in Kendall Blanton if Tyler Higby can't go. I'm also interested in Van Jefferson, the third wide receiver for the Rams, his receiving prop is not like, 35-and-a-half, 34-and-a-half. I feel like he can get that with one or two big plays. So I'm going to look towards Van Jefferson over. And then the on the other side, even though I don't like the Bengals in the game, I like the idea of T. Higgins, who has produced very well the last two playoff games, going over his receiving yard total, especially if Jalen Ramsey is going to be covering Jamar Chase throughout the game, which I imagine – the Rams are going to try to do. So T Higgins could get a lot of opportunity there with Ramsey
1: blanketing Chase for most of the game. All right. I'm going to go one more prop that I wanted to put out there before we make all of our picks for next week's pod. That pod's going to be a doozy, by the way. We're going to have a lot of picks. I'm going to try to get some people to give us their picks as well so we can have those. It's just going to be pick, picks, 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 picks for the Super Bowl. But this one really caught my eye before I'm even diving into sides for next week. And that's for the game to be tied. After 0-0, it's a little juicy, a little minus 120. So it's not it's not a number that I would love to take this at. I wish, you know, minus 105, minus 110. But I do think this game will probably be tied at one point or another after it's 0 I think, especially since a lot of people are expecting it to be a fairly close game, and the Bengals have shown that even if they're down a little bit, they can come back. Um, and especially if I believe it's going to be a lower-scoring first half, I think we can see both teams kick field goals for it to be a 3-3 type of game. Minus 120, I'll take that number if I have to, but I do like this game to be tied after 0-0. Minus 120, it seems like a pretty good bet.
0: Yeah, that's a really fun prop that you would never see for any other football game all year, but for the Super Bowl you see it, so um, definitely look towards props if you don't have a strong betting interest in the game. I guess another Super Bowl betting strategy is even though it's the biggest game of the year in the NFL championship, it doesn't mean you have to make your biggest bet of the year. A lot of time, the most value you're going to find is in the regular season, especially when there's scheduling spots uh, that we love to highlight on this show that we have done all fall. So just because you like a certain team or lean a certain team doesn't mean you have to bet five times more ten times more just because you're going to be having fun at the Super Bowl party Definitely, you could bet a lot of money on it, but I'd spread it around and look at these props and find different ways to get at the game where even if your team that you think will win doesn't win, there's an opportunity to make some more money throughout the game.
1: All right, let's do some other sports. Let's look at golf, uh, which is your forte as well. Nate, what is your golf update for us on this lovely and chilly Thursday?
0: Yeah, so we're in cold Chicago, but they're at a in Pebble Beach this week for the so AT&T nice. Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Patrick Cantlay was the heavy favorite. I wrote an article, and you can check out my picks on WatchStadium.com for this golf tournament. I ended up betting eight players, I think there was, or maybe nine players, um, all at pretty much longer odds. One of the guys I bet on, Tom Hogie is actually the uh, the leader right now, so hope to keep that up. But if I have any uh, ads this week, and I actually don't imagine I would have any ads because um, I'm pretty, well, pretty exposed before the tournament and don't think there'll be room to add another person, or at least I'm comfortable with. But if you want to get in some golf and it's Friday morning and the second round hasn't started yet, and well, maybe that player I picked is uh, kind of at what his odds were before the tournament, uh, maybe I would tell let you know to back him, but... Let me know if you want to reply to my tweet and I'll uh give you my thoughts about uh golf for the Pebble Beach Pro Am, which honestly is a very boring tournament because of the Pro Am angle, the rounds are very long. It's not a really fun watch on T V unless you like seeing guys like uh I think it's Ray Romano and Mac and Josh Allen and Canelo Alvarez uh teeing in the big up. four. So, so maybe if you like uh yeah, so every every golfer is paired with a celebrity. Um but uh it's not the most fun to watch from just like a, if you're betting on this stuff and all you care about is is who you bet on uh so maybe take this week off but next week is a tournament i always like because i've had some good success uh betting it and it's the waste management phoenix open which is always the weekend of the super bowl so make sure to check out my article on watch about uh tuesday late morning early afternoon for my picks for that uh one If and i'll uh Maybe if we have a second episode next week, early in the week, I'll review some of those plays before the tournament begins.
1: Nate, I've got that college basketball Sunday afternoon theme stuck in my head right now because it's getting into real college basketball time. All the Saturday games are going on. You got like a full slate. You know, you got those 10 a.m. games all the way through to like midnight (laughs) at this point. You can watch 12, 13 straight hours of college basketball. Weather's going to start to hopefully get a little bit warmer in the coming weeks, and you're really going to start feeling that March madness. So let's look at some college basketball bets, because we have a really fun game. And I'm not just saying this because I'm an Indiana alum. Indiana and Illinois, on Saturday, Illinois is coming off a a good game, a game that they won against Wisconsin, but they played on Wednesday, and this game is on Saturday. Indiana hasn't played for almost a full week coming into this game. I kind of like Indiana in this one.
0: Yeah, me too, and I, I think the last college basketball game I seriously bet on was against Indiana when they played Michigan because they were coming off a big win against Purdue. But right. I'm going to look towards the Hoosiers in this game. It's a noon start, local start, noon Eastern at Bloomington's in, in the Eastern time zone. But as you mentioned, Indiana has a huge rest advantage, but they also, you know, is a big game for them against a the ranked Illinois team. But Illinois, they're catching at the right spot because Illinois, as you mentioned, beat Wisconsin on Wednesday night. And looking ahead, they go to West Lafayette to play Purdue. And Purdue and Illinois are the top two teams in the Big Ten right now. So Indiana, I think, is catching Illinois in a good spot. If you can get Indiana at any kind of underdog price, I'll look to betting the Hoosiers on Saturday.
1: Ooh, there's nothing like a little Saturday underdog Indiana in Assembly Hall. That's like, that's juicy for an upset.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they will be an underdog. Uh, the Ken Palm rating has them winning the game by one point, or like the projection. Mm-hmm. So maybe if it is Indiana minus one, still take it. I think the situation's good enough. I'm just a worry that this this angle or this spot is going to be known, and Indiana is going to get out to like a two or two and a half point favorite. And at that point, it's a little bit more risky in case the game is decided by three throws at the end.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the market, if they put Illinois as an underdog, you may see a lot of people hammer them and they might even it out yeah. a little bit. Maybe get to a pick on Indiana plus one. But we always said at IU, you rank them, we spank them. That's the <laughs> Indiana motto. And I think it might be true on Saturday. I think you got to put some money on IU for that one. Never, never heard that one. It's great. It's, it's a little Indiana thing right there. Uh, West Virginia, Texas tech, a little hangover situation.
0: Yeah, so, like, I, we're going back to the college football theme of sandwiches and hangovers. And, and in this case, Texas Tech, if you follow college basketball at all, they had a huge game on Tuesday night in Lubbock hosting Texas. And now the reason it was such a big game, not just because they were playing the big brother in the state, but it was because their old coach, Chris Beard, Hello, left, left Texas Tech for Texas. And there was, like, 30 police officers, like, kind of – <laughs> there are extra police officers at the arena making sure the fans didn't do anything to Chris Beard. And it was a lot of hate towards a coach who took the team, Texas Tech, let alone to the national title game a few years ago. And a lot of the good resources that Texas Tech spent on their basketball program just because Chris Beard wanted it because the team was doing well. So I thought it was kind of weird how much hate they had for Chris Beard. After what he did at a at a program that was very average in the Big 12, but regardless, Texas Tech gets the big win. They win wire to lead wire to wire, a very raucous crowd, and now they hit the road to West Virginia. And I know West Virginia is not playing well. Bob Huggins' team is not having a good season, especially lately, where they have six straight losses. But I feel like they'll get up for this game at home against Texas Tech, and the spot for Texas Tech is really tough especially coming off that big home win on Tuesday night. So Saturday afternoon, going to look to back West Virginia. The Ken Palm rating has Texas Tech winning 66-61, to or that has projection. So if you can get West Virginia plus five, I'd love that, unless there's some sort of crazy injury or something. But I'm guessing this line will be more like three, three and a half. But regardless, I'll be on the Mountaineers Saturday afternoon. And this game I I definitely like a lot, especially because Texas Tech, as I mentioned, has that hangover, uh, or this is their hangover game after what they did to Texas the other night.
1: I love that pick, and I think if you can generally bet against teams that are coming off big wins, whether it be big home wins, big road wins, the big wins they really weren't supposed to get as an underdog, bet against them in the next game because, for the most part, they're going to be overvalued, and they're probably not going to be ready to face the team that they're playing because they spent all that energy beating (laughs) beating a better team than they did in the last game. So I love that one. And for my last one, Nate, let's go out west. Going to go to Fresno State. This is a Friday night game, so the day this podcast comes out. Bet this one. You may have to stay up late, make a little extra coffee. Fresno State first half against Nevada. I don't know if you know this, Nate. Fresno State, one of the best teams in the country in the first half by average scoring margin. They are 25th in the country outscoring their opponents. I think it was about six points per game in the first half. That goes up to nine points in their last three games. Nevada? They're like out, they're like 200 something. They're minus two, minus three points a game in the first half. So I really like Fresno State in the first half in this game. Uh, I don't know if as of this recording on a Thursday night, the spreads for that first half aren't really out, but I know the game spread is about eight, eight and a half. Some places have them at nine. So if you can get them at four and a half, maybe some fives here and there, I think that's a pretty solid number to get a team that outscores its opponents by five or six points this season in the first half. They're going to be at home. Let's go Fresno State, first half.
0: Yeah, I know the Mountain West has been a really fun league this year when you have San Diego State, Wyoming, Boise State. Uh, I feel like there's a couple other teams, I guess Fresno State. But there's definitely some uh, some pretty good teams. Colorado State, of course, is, a, is actually a very formidable uh, mid-major. So that's going to be a fun league to kind of follow down the stretch and maybe they get multiple teams in the big dance and yeah what you said about the first half i'm pretty sure the first halves and like full game money lines don't come out until the day of the game or the morning of the game you'll get around sometime in the evening spreads for the next game but yeah you'll have to wait in the morning to bet that uh but that's no problem because this is going to come out in the morning so if you have fresno state first half maybe um, I, I might be uh follow you on that one because you gave some compelling points there
1: there you go. All you gotta look at is that first half scoring margin. And they're at home. Let's do it. We're we're big Bulldogs fans here.
0: And um, and you probably love the idea of uh fading uh Steve Alford, right?
1: <laughs> I do. <laughs> He's Listen, a Nevada I'm
0: coach and uh
1: more than happy to fade Steve a, Alford. As an
0: IU guy, I don't know what your thoughts are of him are, but uh
1: no, don't like him. <laughs> Don't like the guy. He's done a lot to make everyone hate him. So he's, love it. The more he can lose, I'm all in on that one. So this is even, a this might be a double bet. A little two-unit play for me because the Steve Alford factor. Um, for NBA, no super serious NBA plays. Some of the numbers have just started coming out on some of the sports books. Um, so I haven't gotten a huge chance. I know right now it looks like they have the Bulls at minus two and a half against the Pacers. Anytime you can bet against the Pacers, take it. Um, especially when it's kind of a lower spread like this at two and a half. The Pacers are garbage. They are really, really bad. Um, And they have given up leads. They, this might even be a good game to live bet because sometimes they start the game hot and then they just give up leads in the second half. So maybe bet the full game spread, bet the live spread if they start out hot because never trust the Pacers is my motto. So I'll, I'll just put that out there. Bet against the Pacers. Bulls are going to be pretty low favorites, it looks like. Bet the Bulls tomorrow, even though they're going to be on a back-to-back. Betting recap for the Super Bowl, Nate. Just quickly before we finish the episode, what were you eyeing for next week? And don't forget, next week we're making all of our picks, too, for the Super Bowl. Yes,
0: yeah, so a bet I'm going to lock in earlier tonight, right after the show, and it will be on my Twitter by tomorrow. Bengals to make the longest successful field goal. There might be, depending on the sports book different wording, but I did see minus 104, minus 105 in some spots, so that's cool for me. I'm going to look towards betting whoever the Rams' healthy starting uh, tight end is over and maybe first touchdown as as a first touchdown flyer. Van Jefferson is going to be my receiver of choice. I just think the Bengals are really focusing on Cooper Cup and Odell Beckham Jr., and that opens up Jefferson to have a big game. And then T. Higgins over, especially with a lot of focus on Jamar Chase in the form of Jalen Ramsey, I think T. Higgins is going to, Uh, Have a good game, especially if the Bengals are trailing, which I think they might be, and that they're going to be forced to throw. And then a bet I always place for the Super Bowl pretty much regardless. I like it this year with the familiarity of the coaches, and expectation for me, that's going to be a slow start but the second half to be the higher scoring half. So the first half is something I'm going to look at. I'm not sure if I found it anywhere. I looked around and couldn't find it, but I think by next week, that'll be readily and widely available at multiple different sports books. So we'll try to get the best number and I'll share that next week on, on whatever day we do our show. I think we maybe we'll, we'll check our schedule. We'll definitely have one episode towards the end of the week, maybe a bonus episode early in the week. Uh, just check, follow, just, uh, subscribe to the feed and, uh, We'll uh, we'll if we have a podcast, it'll be there for you right as it goes up.
1: Love it. And I'm going to take the bangles over one and a half field goals right after I hit stop recording on this podcast, because I like that bet so much. But we'll have all of our picks next week, as Nate says, maybe a couple episodes here and there. We'll be getting opinions from everyone from stadium from who they're going to pick as well. So it's going to be a really fun episode. Recommend you download it next week. Subscribe so you get it right when we put it out there into the ethernet. All right, Nate, we'll see you. Good luck to everyone, and uh, we'll see you next week for Super Bowl picks.